workers we would have come and they would drop their little seed you know in there making ridicule making fun etc etc but you endure it because you believe that what God's giving you is real and what he's giving you is right and so now people are finding that a dead confession isn't moving God because it never was to move God it's to move something else out here that's standing in the way of what we've been promised by God you got me and so it's interesting how this has come full circle now back to focus on not so much warfare in the sense that you know you have to fight the devil 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 all the time but to understand the reason why we were given the word and given faith and and as a weapon against the enemy to make him loose what he's holding and loose what's what's grip being gripped uh, illegally by him and so the more you understand that and operate on in it the more successful you're going to be in everything so be careful with your words make sure that your words are God's words and, and that you aim them in the right direction against the enemy of your souls and of your prosperity and of your life who is taking those things away so we keep that focus and and keep that understanding but uh, listen to that because that is very very important there's some things that that you know build you up and encourage you and keep you going but there are some things that are what I call pivotal and some things that are, are watershed they'll break you over into a different realm of living if you will get the essence of that understand it get it in your spirit over and over and over again and make it work for you that thing will work for you so praise God all right father in heaven we do thank you for giving us understanding of your word giving us instruction that our words are not just mere things to say to be thrown around and and uh, not given understanding of the essence and importance of words because you understand the importance of words and you understand everything that is uh, in this earth was created with your word and it stands with your word and I thank you Lord that we have that same power in us if we will just recognize that it, it, things will stand or fall because of the words that we speak so we thank you for that understanding Lord and bless you for it in Jesus name amen praise God amen 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 so we're still talking about uh, the fact that we are his beloved you are his beloved amen you are the beloved of God the Bible says that he has made you acceptable it's not something you have to do on your own he has made you accepted in the beloved you have a position and a place in him Uh, you don't have to create a place for yourself you don't have to doubt if you have a place you don't have to fight (laughs) for a place I think there's so many people I've run into over the years and they want to come in, into the ministry hostile feel they got to fight I'm a, I'm a prophet I'm a this I'm a that and they fight you for it I say you know, if God gave it to you to fight me I'm your friend you know, I'm, your, I'm your biggest help if you're working for God I'm on your side you know but so often people feel that you know there's this is you know the there are three types of believers believers unbelievers and make believers 
And I'm convinced of that because they make believe all these imaginary enemies. They got they they don't let me do nothing. They don't recognize. They don't. They don't. I said they is that horde of devils that you keep listening to that won't let you. Of course, the devil don't want you to do anything. He's never going to want you to have anything. So go fight him. Amen. (laughs) But you know, oftentimes they got to create an enemy with skin on, so it makes their fight. Well, you know, carnal people, that's all they know is, is wrestling against flesh and blood. Everybody's their enemy. But praise God, if you're a person of faith, you know the enemy. You live in the realm of the spirit and you know who their true enemy is. But we don't have to try to fight for our position here. Fight for a place in the earth. We, we are accepted in the beloved of God. We can finally lay carnal weapons down. Now it doesn't mean you don't have to fight spiritually. You are in the fight of your life when you enter into the realm of the spirit. But you're a victor there. In the natural, you are not a winner at all. You are far from a winner if you're fighting in the natural. But if you're in the realm of the spirit, every battle that God puts before you is won already on your behalf. All you got to do is obey the spirit of God and, and take your stance and take your position. But being in, the, in God's heart and in a special place in his heart is not something you have to fight for. He's, he's made you that. He's made you accepted in the beloved of God. So we have spoken some about that. We talked much about how uh, the, the relationship between the king and the Shunammite girl was, was very much the relationship that we have with the Lord. In that we are betrothed to God. We are promised to him. We are his promise. We are what he looks at uh, <clears throat> as the promise. We are the apple of his eye. You know, we, we know that. We, uh, the Bible says whoever touches his beloved touches the pupil or the apple of his eye. So it, just as you protect your eyes from harm, God has strong protection over us against harm and so all we have to do is understand who we are and keep our position at all times it's it's a matter of keeping position it's not a matter of fighting anything or coming against anybody it's it's a positioning that we have to always be mindful of and if we maintain our position then we won't be moved you know I can remember uh, many times attacks against my marriage to my husband but I refused to be moved ah, hey <laughs> just something you know came over me just that quick thing. thinking about move nothing <laughs> move that I got your move you know like they say in Jersey I got your move right <laughs> but you got to be that way about your position your position in God you refuse to be moved the devil's always trying to tell you who you are you already have your identity huh devil I don't care what you call me what you try to take from me what you say I can't never have if this is as good as it gets I'm accepted in the beloved I'm way ahead of where I was when I was serving you and I'm not going to go back to serving you again amen The best thing to do is whatever you did to make him mad, do it again, louder, harder, stronger. 
<laughs> so he'll leave you alone about it. If he's still picking at you about it, he must think he can get you to change what you did. Feel bad about you did what you did, or feel bad so that you could not do anything for God. He likes to keep you in a mindset of disinherited. Mess, whatever that is, you know, like you don't have anything, you don't, you know, you're not entitled to anything, you, you know, it's nothing coming to you. That's a lie. See? It likes to keep you disoriented, like you can't figure things out, don't have answers, all that kind. It's a lie. Huh? It's a lie. And so, if you maintain your position and keep acting like royalty, keep talking like royalty. Keep addressing him as one who is under your feet. You don't listen to him. How do he get in your ear if he's under your feet? And so we have to do these things. Maintain your position. And then God will come for you. He always comes for those who maintain their position. Maintain their stance. Who understand who they are. He always comes for them. Remember David. He's the only one in Israel who knew who he was. Well think about it. There have been other people in that spot. Noah was one. He was the only one who believed God. His faith passed judgment on the whole world. God wanted to save more people. But he couldn't. And they wouldn't get in faith with him. So his faith condemned everybody else. It's a little aside. You start operating in faith and see the people who will be on on your enemy list. Or you would be on theirs. Man. So it's just that way. And so as we, as we maintain understanding, identity, knowing who we are, who we belong to, who we serve. People in this last 20 years that we've been taught on you know, faith, prosperity, all those things. We've made, been made to feel small because we lack material possessions. And that's wrong. The church has never been like that. It's just wrong. And look at all the people now that are piling out of churches. Because they're disillusioned. Because it didn't fall out like they said. it was. They've had 20-30 years of waiting for some kind of <clears throat> wealth. Big you know Brink's truck to back up in front of their house. And you know it has not happened. And so now they're disillusioned. Now they're running around eating anything that they can get. You know they're looking for food. Because they've, they've been starving on that. That nonsense that they've been fed. You got me? And then they feel betrayed. They were told if we gave to this this person or that person. Or we put our money in this thing or that thing. That God was going to really make us rich and bless us. We were even given built businesses through the church. You know this juice and that juice. And that health thing and this health thing. We, we set up in the church. and We were, were all partners in that. And that failed and it didn't come to pass. So there's a reason for people to be disgruntled. But there is a people who understand and know their God. It is not moved by this kind of stuff. You're not moved by it. Now we're 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 in the no judgment zone in church. No, it's, it's like, you know, my little fitness place. I go because they don't judge me there. And they also only charge $10 a month. So <laughs> They're the cheapest people and they don't judge you. I'm serious. They got that thing up there as big signs in the place. No judgment zone. I said, okay, don't judge me. I'm here, but don't judge me. Uh, 
Now you know for a fact that's going to get stupid after a while, don't you? Huh? Just because somebody is more dedicated in their workout than you are, that don't mean they're judging you. You know what I'm saying? They mean they're serious and use a slob. You know, you're the same, you're the same bum you were when you came in there. But they can't judge you. Nobody can come up to me and say anything. Don't judge me. And so, <laughs> but we have that spirit in the church where we don't, we don't, we're not here to make people feel bad. Well, when was the church set up for feelings? We're set up to preach the gospel. The feelings are up to you. Well, I'm going to say it again because, you know, maybe people feel that this is a place for feelings. We don't run things by feelings. We run things by obedience to God. See? There was a time when preachers judged if they preached God's word by people's reactions. They either mad or glad. You know you hit something. But nowadays we go in so people don't feel judged. Did you feel judged? Oh I felt judged. I didn't feel judged. Did you feel judged? I didn't feel judged. Stupidest thing you ever heard. Now because there's no judgment in the church anymore. Which is where you come to be judged. Your your sin's already judged. You understand what I'm saying? The judgment's gone out already. If you decide to stay in sin. The judgment's against you. If you decide righteousness. The judgment's for you. Now we're all perpetrators. Ex-perps. But we've been forgiven. We're not guilty anymore unless we decide to hold on to sin and play church games. But now we and see the fact that we've allowed the devil to tell us that we've been wrong by preaching the gospel. And letting truth come out of our mouths and let people get convicted of their sin and come up and repent. Now we've got to marry people of the same sex. And now we've got to to ordain homosexuals in the Christian church. Or the government's going to take something away. Listen, the government never gave us anything to begin with. Everything you have, I don't care if the government rubber stamped it, it came from God. You got me? So you don't owe Caesar anything in this but to love him. Amen? To tell him the gospel, the truth of God's word. Amen. That's it. So all of this nonsense, folks, it's it's foolishness now that's crept into the church. And it's happened because the the world has stripped our true identity from us. So now we're working hard to be somebody. You know, you don't. You know, sinners don't come to church because uh, you make them feel bad. We got to be more like them. Make them feel comfortable. Hmm? Make them feel comfortable, so they'll come in. Comfort never got me to God's throne. 
What got me to God's throne was my need for him. I could care less about the people around me. I, <laughs> when I was a new Christian I have answered every altar call. Every time they had one I was up there. I was wanting prayer. I, was, I know I had a need for God and that's why I was there. I care less who made me feel comfortable. How they looked at me. What they said about me. Could care less about that. I was there to get help from God. And as long as we keep the church as a place where people can get help. And people can get prayer. And people can learn the Bible and can understand how to pray. How to get their needs met. Keep the focus on the gospel that helps us to live every day. Then we'll be okay with God. What do you care about? Not judging whether they feel judged or they feel comfortable or you know all that kind of stuff. I'm not in charge of how you feel. Praise God. What a job to be responsible and in charge of how all everybody feels sitting out there. That's a big job. So you take care of your own feelings. I'll take care of mine. But I'm here to worship God and serve Him. And to preach his gospel. To preach the good news. To preach from the word. Revelation from the word. To declare what God is doing. What he's done. What he's going to do. Those things. Those are the things the church is set up for. So knowing your position is very important. We're accepted in the beloved of God. And befitting to be made conformable to his image. That's what this whole walk is about. It's not about you prospering. It's not about you having money to write checks out and and all that kind of stuff. But it's about you conforming to the image of Christ. What is Christ's image? Well number one he's holy. He's chaste and he's pure. He's sinless unspotted and that's a plan God for has for us the Bible says that that the husband that is Christ cleanses the bride that's us by the washing of the water of the word so right now you you're being washed and cleansed every time you sit under the word you're being washed and cleansed you have enough cleansing in you to know when when you hear something preached that's not cleansing to you Huh? Don't you, you you know you can turn on Christian television, hear a lot of stuff, and you'll hear pre- people preaching stuff, and you go, they're a little that didn't wash me, that didn't, uh-uh. that defiled me a little bit. I'm pushing that out of there. Huh? And so we we know, we know, we know who we are. We know the process. We know what's happening, and and it's not like. It's something that's that's obvious to you. You don't read the word and say with the knowledge, oh, I'm being cleansed. You're just receiving, submitting to it, see. And that makes it so much easier on us because we don't, it's an effortless process that takes place. So, so we're, we are, are being, <coughs> we're set apart as the beloved of God. And we are given instructions in the word of God for proper conduct becoming of a Christian lifestyle. The whole New Testament is about Christian conduct. All of the epistles are about Christian conduct. When you are cleansed this is how your life will be. When as you go through this process this is what you you you're to do. And you do it effortlessly because God has put it in your heart to obey him. 
etc., etc. So we're we're in in this conduct is one that's a proper proper lifestyle for one who is betrothed to royalty. See, we're we're elevated in our lifestyle. You're never you're never slack as a Christian in the way you live. Even though it's effortless, it seems to come natural to us. But we have our our sights on higher things. We we have our sights on things not of this world. So because he is chaste, pure, and sinless, he wants us to be the same way. So he constantly feeds us the word, washes us in the water of the word. We're being purified just like Esther was. To be a partaker of his divine life but yet while we're here on earth. We're, we're, we belong there but we're actually on loan down here. Why are we being loaned to the earth? So that we can improve the earth. We have, we have dominion here so that we can improve things down here. So you're, you're to take it upon yourself. It is your business that school systems are falling apart. All that tax money is funding nothing because people are buying vouchers and leaving left and right. And we're still supporting an institution that's not that's a failure. And it's so big we can't get rid of it in most places. Still feeding that big monster. But God. But God. These are his people. These are his children. He wants them in a safe environment. There's no reason why. Angels shouldn't be posted at your kids school. I don't care if they took prayer out. You can command angels to where your kids go to school. Nobody with a gun is going to come in there and shoot yours or anybody else in there. And uh, we, we have to know who we are. This is why we're on loan to the earth. To, to demonstrate the power of God on behalf of the believer and because of the believer. He watches over us. And he intercedes for us to keep us for himself. Amen. Keep us set apart for him. Esther was chosen. And just as we were chosen and called out. We're set apart for for the car wash. Just like she was. Huh? The first 12 months she was quote unquote chosen. She was scrubbed, rubbed, cleaned and polished. And her tires was, her white walls was even. <laughs> you know how they, they don't like to do them white walls. You know I still got them. Most people don't have them anymore. But mine came with them. So you know I just keep getting them. You know to keep the look up well nobody wants to do them I'm the first one that done well you don't want to get down there with a Brillo pad and, huh? but if, if she going to be looking good you got to get that Brillo pad out it is well we are all put to that process folks we're, we're in the car wash <laughs> till Jesus comes going in there slap soap up there and Oh, I didn't get that spot last time. Oh, I was hoping you didn't see that one, Lord. Okay. Huh? And so you just submit to it. Amen. You you know, you know you got stuff that needs to be done. <laughs> you have to submit to it. So, you know, sometimes, you know, women are more bathtub oriented than men are. But, you know, sometimes the shower just ain't right no more. You got to go in there and, and soak that bad boy and, you know, <laughs> get that, that pumice thing out, the little thing they wrap up, 
you know, in your basket and all that. You think, what's that for? Huh? Well, you find out you get to using it. Huh? I told somebody, I said, you know, we've been putting these things in baskets forever. I said, and I just took mine one time. I got curious about it. You know, I was sitting in the bathtub and, you know, bubble jets. I got sick of the bubble jets and I was just sitting there too lazy to get up yet. And I reached over and got that little bad boy. And I started working on these, well, um, these paws, <laughs> these paws down here. You know, and I just a little scrubbing, 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 and I I noticed when I get, I said, boy, that's pretty smooth. I said, I gotta do that more often, huh? But that's what God does to us. We just submit to the scrubbing, huh? You guys, you gotta get that scrubbing done, folks. You know, you never knew, and I had noticed really, to be honest with you, I'm ashamed to admit it. At times when I would put my put put pants on i could feel that snag sometimes your skin is so dry it snags y'all won't know that till you get older but anyway i'm saying i'm snagging my pants i said oh my goodness what's happening to me so i was glad for that little bad boy took the snag off them hoops and everything it was like nice this is nice nice so you know after the process man you feel pretty good but you know having to get that that taken care of that that can be something so it's good if you just expect the process begin to enjoy the process know the process is for you good and god is working on you preparing you huh preparing you for himself to be used by him to be of a help to the Lord, you know, to to be be his his helper. I know in a natural marriage, women love to help their husbands. Now we get stupid sometimes, you know, if we think they don't appreciate us. Do nothing. You just wait. Wait till he see how mad I am. I ain't gonna do nothing. <laughs> Whatever. But you know, the minute they say something nice to you, baby, come. You know. Okay. How <laughs> you doing? You know that kind of stuff. We all juicy with him again. You know, like. <laughs> you know, all squishy. Yeah. It is true, you know. It's one word. We just all back there again. wasn't gonna do nothing for the brother. Had your had all this wind and all that wind in your jaws. You was waiting to let it out. Just wait till he poked my cheek. I'm gonna let him have it. Wasn't gonna do nothing. All you did was swallow it. Okay, baby, what you want me to do? Oh, whatever. It is. I'm telling you, been there a zillion times. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> but you know, it, it, it knowing that he wants to use us is everything to to the true believer, the one who really loves God. Knowing that is everything. You, you don't you don't stiffen up. You don't. Now you got to have that in your heart, though. That, that there's a love there that you know you have a true identity you know who you are uh, other than that it's just eye service and it'll run out after a while the minute you don't get what you want you're ready to stop quit and you know everything but if you have that in your heart that, that should be a prayer 
that you that God would penetrate the the deep areas of your heart and put his love there for him so that you'll be willing to do whatever the father requires for you to do you know just whatever he tells you to do you'd be willing to do it and so Esther though was was called just like we are called and was under purification so if you'll turn to the book of Esther in chapter 2 we see uh, the purification process that she went through just so that she had an opportunity to be chosen so in the natural kingdom where she lived she was in the uh, she was a contender we put it that way she was in contention to be chosen as the queen the last queen sister Vashti she <laughs> she got too cool for the job you understand what I'm saying sometimes we walk with God for a few years and we think longevity is what makes us who we are he is who makes us who we are doesn't matter how long you've been saved what, what, whatever you know it has nothing to do with anything you know we see this world standards creep into the church a lot a lot of churches honor that kind of stuff sister so and so she been with us you know promote people been around a long time whether they can be anointed or not whether they're qualified or not and so that's why we put everybody to work the first time we see you so you'll have no doubts about you know what it's about here it's all up front and so you know we've even had visitors come in I look at them some of these young boys I see them carrying <laughs> containers and sweat and I say oh uh how you doing? They got you in here, huh, brother? Don't let them work you too hard, but be blessed, you know, whatever. <laughs> but um, to let people know that God has chosen them already. See, that's part of that process. That, that He's no respecter of persons. He he has something. You're important. It's important you were here today, etc., etc., that kind of thing. So they have the right impression of God. And so uh, as Esther was in the process of being purified, she was chosen among, uh, she was one among a lot of them. This is the way God operates. Whosoever will. You know, when the invitation is giving, given, he he calls many. Mm-hmm. So in Esther's situation, you see the progression from being called to being chosen. Mm-hmm. Many were called. It says here, the king's commandment in verse 8, king's commandment and his decree was heard when many maidens were gathered together. So these are all the cute girls. Every girl that thought they was cute in town. This is, you know, this is like the Miss America pageant. You know, nowadays if you ain't cute, you can buy cute, huh? Plus, and they don't make any any uh, uh, stipulations too much. The rules in these pageants are very very relaxed. I mean, if you wasn't born with the goods, if you collected them along the way, you know, you get to keep them. Huh? It's the truth. See, we laugh now, but you're going to see a day when transvestites are in that. Oh, yeah. It's coming. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. 
Hmm? Amen. I mean, what's to stop it? See, we all need to raise our hands. I'm to stop it. Say, I'm to stop it. Wherever it meant, I don't care about Miss America, but I care about that. I care about that. I'm to stop it. So, <clears throat> it says, uh, you know, all the maidens that came and, you know, they gathered at the palace, you know, for the what they call cattle call. Huh? That's where everybody shows up like a herd of cattle. And you take it in and, and so forth. And so so he says that uh, they were gathered together at the palace, verse 8, to the custody of Hege. Then that Esther was brought also unto the king's house to the custody of the same keeper, the one who kept the women. And so it was in his charge that all of the women were there and so he was the supervisor over them to make sure that everything that they needed to take them from ghetto to palace now just let me put a little aside here I don't have to be nothing to it you know but it's just something I thought about how come Joseph was in prison and the same day all he got a shave was a shave, a change of clothes, and mascara, he was up there in the palace. And for the chickification thing, we gotta go twelve months, see? What's up with that, huh? What up with that? Ain't nobody paid attention to that but me. Just a thought. Just a thought. It's a thought. It's a thought. It's a thought. So anyway, Esther's there and she's like the undercover Hebrew girl. You know, she never let them know what her her background was or anything like that. And so uh she had been raised though by her uncle Mordecai. Her parents were were uh, deceased. Without father, without mother. Who's that sound like to you? Amen. It's a Melchizedek type of priesthood, but it's the same background of Jesus Christ from the eternal priesthood. He so this lets you know that she was chosen from eternity to be where she was. Because you can't stop these things that are written in God's heart to do. This is why we can have a sure a sure uh prophecy over our lives because our our identity, everything we're going to do in God, our choosing, all that is forged in eternity. It has nothing to do with what you did yesterday or how you got here, who your parents was, who they weren't, uh, what was there, what was not there, who was in your life, who wasn't. It has nothing to do with that. Your life was planned from eternity. was forged for you. So Esther is there and she's just in the cattle call she's just one of them and so in uh let me see we did verse seven says she was brought up says uh her uncle's daughter for she had neither father nor mother and the maid was fair and beautiful whom mordecai when her father and mother were dead took as, as his own daughter so she has been adopted so to speak by Mordecai Uh, she's related to him but distantly but but she's really 
um, in line for a real family for herself. She's she's that's something that's missing, and that's something that she's God's going to have to uh, give to her, you know, in restoration. Everything that the devil has stolen that's missing from you must be replaced when God comes into your life. It's got to be, or the restoration process wouldn't be what it's called. It would just be an adoption with no no benefits. So she has to have that restored to her. And and she is in the process of having that restored. And God has to do over and above what she would have had naturally. Because it's been stolen. His laws of restitution provide for that. Don't they provide for a sevenfold return for us when things are stolen from us? And so that has to come to pass for her as well. It's a law of God folks. It's a law of God. And so... Verse 11, Mordecai walked every day before the court of the women's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. We have a Holy Spirit that hovers over us during this whole process of purification. He's in charge of the purification process to oversee it and make sure that what God's after it gets done and what's overkill is not involved. Now it's easy when we're submitting to God for the devil to sneak in there and cause it to be more of a chore or more of a harm or more put a threat in there in some way. Yeah, you, you, you go for a while believing God for something and it doesn't happen quickly enough. This is a typical way of how he gets in there. And he'll get in there and tell you, you know, this isn't right. This isn't fair. You do everything you're supposed to do. Why hasn't God blessed you yet? Why is it? Well, the Holy Spirit is there, so the overkill aspect is not involved. So anything you're going through, the Holy Spirit has already overseen to what extent the process works in you. And it's not unfair, and it's not unjust, and it's not punishment because you did something wrong and you can't undo it. So he hovers over us at all times and dwells in us as the comforter of our lives. If we'll let him comfort us. Sometimes we're, you know, we're not easy to comfort. Because we want to be upset about it. We want to feel like God's not doing what he has. We want to feel like we can never have. We want to complain and, and make it justified. But you need to know and you need to understand that even as Mordecai walked every day and checked out what they were doing with Esther the Holy Spirit hovers over your life to check out that the devil don't get in there and start prolonging your situation or start making it worse than what it's supposed to be all that kind of stuff he kind of shoes the devil away for us and makes sure he doesn't hover over your life keeping you confused as to what's going on so the Holy Spirit is your keeper he is your keeper and he does his job. He does an excellent job. <clears throat> so so just as there was a keeper over her natural purification. There was also a keeper over her spiritual aspects. And that was Mordecai. Make sure that she wasn't. they weren't violating anything in the Jewish law. 
You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes they get your young girls in there and they abuse them or something like that. He, he kept a watch over her. He was responsible for her. He didn't just turn her over and, and you know, <laughs> you know, he he's there because he's been entrusted with her care. You know, put these parents out here. I'm, I'm looking at people. Jessica Simpson, her daddy's a Baptist pastor. Now he's her manager. You see what a wreck her life is? When you come out from under the, the authority of the church and you start making your kid a celebrity, you see what a wreck her life is and an embarrassment? It's an embarrassment to a sinner to say nothing about church people. Huh? Oh, but don't judge. Don't judge. Hmm? You see how God entrusts a parent with, with his inheritance and how they can abuse that. It's easy to do. Just push a little hard. Start looking at dollar signs more than their soul and condition of their soul. I mean it's all around us. Happens all the time. Whitney Houston. She, the church taught her to sing. You understand what I'm saying? Anytime God has anointed somebody you're going to get the best out of whatever you contribute voice hands feet mind whatever it is you contribute to God's house you're going to get the best out of it because he has the best they're training you now we don't look like the best sometimes you know people just make fun of church people all the time that's on purpose because if we look like the best every sinner would be coming there pretending to be saved you know, she gets the best of everything. It's a shock she lived as long as she did. With the life that she had once she left the church. You leave the church, you leave out from under the protection of God. How many of you would want to do it in your right minds? You know, you'd have somebody have to pry me loose and, and hog tie me and everything else. No, there's a lot of things you'll turn down. You mean you can't turn down a dollar because, you know, God's not paying you enough here? This is your training ground and then you go off into something better? Are you kidding me? Helen Baylor shared her testimony. She was raised in the church. And she said her song had to pray in grandmother. Good for you, but I sure would want to be granny, man. The life you live, poor, poor granny, what did she pray day and night for this girl? The mess she was in. But it's different when your parents lead you into a mess. Makes it hard for you to fight against it. See, when God can get, I mean, when the devil can get parents to betray God. And get them deceived and they think they lead their child over. That's that's an authority figure and God you got to. You understand? Well, you got to fight the authority in your life to get to God. It's not a good place to be in. That's why God admonishes parents. You know, you be careful with my inheritance. Some kids ain't yours. They're God's. You're the custodian just like everything else you got. You're there on loan to you. And to make you feel, you know, good about it, it makes them look kind of like you. Or ain't he or somebody in the family. I can't I can't figure who knows he got. He got somebody. Well that keeps you curious to you know, but he mine. Yeah. Keep him in the family. 
Amen. So, so these things, you know, we we have to understand that that God wants control. He wants control over our lives. Has to have it. And so he makes sure, just like Mordecai did with Esther, protected her from natural predators. Made sure that she was treated right. No, none of God's laws were violated in the way that they treated her and purifying her. So you, you got to understand this wasn't a compromise for her to get into the world. Everything was kept just like it was supposed to be. Uncle Morty was out there. You know, hopefully he was like a bodybuilder or something. <laughs> huh? Because you know the the guys that guarded the the women they were eunuchs but they were pretty big guys you know they worked out all the time so Uncle Morty probably got his buff on you know start working out right beside him <laughs> what you doing here man checking out my niece checking out Esther whatever whatever you know whatever so anyway but she had that oversight all the time she did not compromise to get her position in the earth. We don't have to compromise either. We can keep our Christian standards. We can keep our uh, position. Everything. We can keep whatever it is that God gave us. You don't have to leave it outside the workplace. Outside the, the marriage. Outside the friendship. Outside of anything. You take all of that in with you. And God will still elevate you. You'll still get to where God wants you to get. Huh? You'll get to where God wants you to get. So in verse 12 it says. When every maid's turn was come to go into the king. And that is so he could view them. Go into does not mean to sleep with him before they're chosen to be married. You got me? According to the manner of the women, for so were the days of their purifications accomplished. To wit, six months with oil of myrrh, six months with sweet odors, and other things for the purifying of the women. Now we know that. Myrrh is one of the burial spices that's used and it's also used in anointing oil. So anointing has this kind of burial resurrection component to it. There's a death implied here. As she has to die to her former life. So that's why the myrrh is applied first. So that's to get her out of the mindset of her former life. And to bring her into submission to this new life. And so he says, when every uh, 13, when every maiden came unto the king, whatsoever she desired was given her to go with her out of the house and to the women and to the king's house. So as these women are being purified, as they submit to the process, they get blessed. At first you have to go through what the king says you have to go through you got to submit to god whatever he tells you you got to do whatever he, you know whatever path he's put for you in this life you have to endure i started out in the crazy house you know most people don't start out that way with god but that was my start see and i had to endure it i had to stay with that until god finally got me to the place where i was able to function again like a normal human being so whatever's on your plate what what's in your cup you got to drink folks you don't choose your cup now where we get the impression that all of this is just for us and God's doing works in us. If you could know what, 
what he has planned for us. But it's all going to be good. You understand me? It's all for our good. And so everyone came and, and they were given certain things that they liked too. For verse 14. In the evening she went and on the morrow she returned to the second house of the women. To the custody of Shagaz. And this is a different guy. A little higher up. You know we've been through some things. We had to go. It was mandatory. But we get a promotion out of it. See you get a blessing. You know you get an understanding. Uh, And these are faith blessings folks. When we're purified in God. We take on his attributes. Man if you could have the faith that you need for everything all the time. You know what I'm saying. But there's things in us that inhibit that from, from coming forth the way it's supposed to. Sometimes it's it's error in in the way we think and in lifestyle habits that keep these things perpetuated. God breaks you out of that. And you'll understand why. You understand what I'm saying? Then He leaves you there, and you you gotta stay in that for a a good little while, and you don't understand why. Huh? So so once you come out, you're changed. You, something's missing that used to be there that stood between you and Him. See, then more you're you're more fitting now uh, to be uh, uh, the bride of Christ. You're more like Him. You're more accommodating toward Him. You're more understanding that this is a process, and you shouldn't be upset. And you're not upset. Things that used to upset you, you're shocked now. You just don't. They don't move you anymore. Uh, and so these are purifications. This this is what we're here for. We're here to be purified. We're not here to to hog up everything you want from God the first day you're saved, huh? That's we pray for people like that <laughs> to be obedient to God. See what I'm saying? It's prodigal behavior. Amen. Amen. That word prodigal really means wasteful. Just wasteful. He just you know he he took it. Before it was time, and he wasted it. End of story. That's not going to happen to us. We get ours on time, on schedule, because God will not have the report made about his people that they squandered and wasted their inheritance. Not going to happen. I'll tell you, it's not going to happen. Pastor Barb, what about what about them? How you know they got what they got from God? And how do you know they're using it for God? They do it in his name. What did he say? Depart from me you worker of iniquity. I know you. I didn't meet you in the secret place where I could scrub you clean. I didn't take you through the car wash where I could wash you and make you like me. Get that junk off, that ghetto stuff off of you. That slick talk, where you're able to slick talk a mega church of people into giving you that money and you're sleeping around with boys all the time. That's what I'm talking about. We all clear? We all on the same page? Them's the people that don't, don't go through the car wash. All Esther had to do was submit to it. That's all anybody has to do. It's not too hard. You know what submit means? Don't fight. It's harder to fight than it is to submit. Huh? You fight when you know you're right. You don't fight God. You don't fight what he's doing. 
So in verse 14. Let me see. 13 every maiden went. And so these 14 she was turned over to this other keeper. This means she got promoted. So it was beyond the cattle call. We submitted to what we were told was good for us. Whether we knew it was good for us or not. This is always a faith walk folks. The Bible tells you to submit to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee. Your life of submission. You don't like it sometimes. You'd rather be doing something else. Why is it always so hard for me? But at some point you begin to see perfection coming through. Begin to see. Now you can pray for your own finances. You're not worried and nervous about whether God's going to come through for you. You've seen him do miracles for you. Open doors for you. Where it was impossible. He made it possible. So you've been given some things. Because you submitted to the first level of purification. And so he says. And she came to the custody of Shagaz, the king's chamberlain, which kept the concubine. She came into the king no more, except the king delighted in her, and that she were called by name. When you know you delight God, it's because you sense that he calls you by name. He addresses you. The way the name that you're given, your given name, that's the name he calls you by. And when he calls you by name, you understand that there's a pleasing there because he can use you now. When he calls you and tells you, I want you to do this work for me, or I want you to go out and, and take this to your neighbor, or take this to this person, when he moves on you, that's calling you by name, folks. You're in God's employ, and he moves on you to, to share certain things with, with individuals. That's calling you by name. You have a relationship with him now. He delights in you because he knows he can trust you. Why? Because you've submitted to the purification. What we go through is not for nothing folks. It's for so that we can carry Christ everywhere that we go. And he knows that he can trust you. Even though he might have to do a little convincing. You got me? He calls you by name. Because he's familiar with you in the secret place calls you by name because you cried out to him many times because you didn't understand the process you didn't know what was going on he heard you and he had compassion on you and he didn't release you from the process but he comforted you through it so that you would get through the process now he calls you friend because you've allowed to make some change in him and he calls you by name We think it's our idea to witness to people. It's not. He calls you by name to do that. You think he calls everybody to do what you do? Man the harvest is very ripe but the laborers are. When he calls you by name it's because he knows he can trust you to do this. He can send you and you'll do it. You won't be sitting up with gee you think I'm supposed to be witnessing the people or you think God wants me to do this or He He takes you out of the realm of wondering. And he calls you by name. You know you're called to work for him. 
Why can you be trusted to work for him? Because you didn't fight it when he was purifying you. Huh? Even though you didn't like it, you didn't want it, you didn't ask for it, you submitted to it anyway. Because you knew it was him. And you love him more than you, than anything. Verse 15 says, Now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihel, of the uncle of Mordecai, who was taken her who had taken her for his daughter was come <clears throat> to go into the king she required nothing but what Hega the king's chamberlain the keeper of the women appointed so in other words this was not where she had to put into anything extra to impress any of that now trust me I'm sure it was some queens up in there would say, yeah, listen, I want you to call my stylist. Are these dresses they got up in here, these little cotton dresses, they just ain't looking right on me. I got my stylist there. And uh, 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 so-and-so, I know he gay, but he do hair real good. He do my nails real good. And I want him here to do my stuff for me. <laughs> Esther was submitted enough to know that whatever was provided for her would have to do the job you got me whatever God's provided for you will do the job for you I don't care if it's in your finances I don't care if it's in your home I don't care whatever he provides the king provides for you is sufficient amen so he graces you to receive what he has and you don't want to put any extra flesh effort into anything that God appoints you to do he doesn't need your tact and diplomacy when it comes to preaching the gospel just go in there and be you and spit it out the best way you can Sandy Brown met after she had been preaching met the woman again that had led her to the Lord or witness to her this is witnessing and this woman said Sandy said that this woman had come in to uh, Sandy had just been on a, a drug binge or something trying to get her mind straight that morning and she was depressed and suicidal and she had come over to her girlfriend's house and she was sitting there in the kitchen with her girlfriend and this woman came in from next door and knocked on the door and had a cup empty cup in her hand to borrow a cup of sugar and she said her hand was shaking and she finally got asked the woman for the sugar got the sugar and put it on the counter and she looked at Sandy and she said miss I don't know what's wrong with you but whatever it is Jesus Christ is your answer grabbed the sugar ran out real quick nervous as all get out Sandy remembered that when she cried out to God and began to cry for Jesus she'd never been to church in her life she said I knew Jesus Christ as a cuss word only she said but when I began to call on him in my hour of need he began to respond to me and answer me for all of us who think our witnessing is so (laughs) you understand what I'm saying all you have to be willing and obedient all you have to do is open your mouth and he'll fill it with work just be there where he tells you to. well he called that woman by name that morning and she said all she did was pray prayed a simple prayer and said God if there's something I can do for you today please show me what it is and direct me to where it is and that's what he did simple things folks simple 
So what God gives us is sufficient. We don't have to be eloquent. We don't have to try to figure out how to get people saved. Salvation belongs to the Lord. He's got it all figured out. We just got to keep faith that it will happen. You understand me? That's your part is to stay in faith. So, And the king loved Esther above all women. <clears throat> Let me see. In verse 15, Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. That's God. See, when everybody likes you, that's God. Well, let me put it this way. Whether they like you or not, they'll do what they're supposed to do towards you. That's God. Amen. Verse 16, so Esther was taken into the king to his royal house in the tenth month, which is Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther above all the women. That's God. Huh? Don't tell me there weren't some cuties and some hotties up in there. But she was loved above all women. You don't want to be favored because you cute and you hot. You want to be loved above all. Hmm? That's how you get a husband. Huh? Hotties seldom come out with anything permanent. Because huh? everybody cools down after a while. You understand me? <laughs> She just obtained grace and favor in his sight above all. That's us folks. Above all. We're above the sinner who's persecuting us. We're above the people who are the religious who are trying to tell us we don't know what we're doing. When you're chosen of God. You're above all of that. You are seated together with him. In heavenly places by virtue of his choosing and your faith and the anointing. It says in verse 18, Then the king made a great feast unto all his princes and servants, even Esther's feast. And he made a release to the provinces that gave gifts according to the staff. I mean, this brother threw a reception for her. Everybody in the kingdom got a gift. Because he was so excited about Esther. Amen. Well, that's what Ephesians 4.11 says. He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto. We are the gift unto men that God has given to the earth. When they were gathered together the second time, then Mordecai sat in the king's gate. Esther had not yet showed her or for kindred or her people. Mordecai had charged her. Esther did the commandment of Mordecai like, like she did when she was brought up by him. So Mordecai sat in the king's gate. He overhears a plot against the king's life and he tells the proper people and the plot is thwarted and it's written down uh, in the king's book. And it's about this Haman who represents Satan and the forces of darkness that have come to fight God's people. So even though we're called and chosen we have enemies folks. There's an enemy that we have to fight because he's in our domain. He's in our realm. The earth realm is what God has given us dominion over and any enemies of God's and enemies of ours who are here are our responsibility to fight. So Esther's of course enjoying this you know she's been chosen as the the queen and and he's made this great feast because he's chosen as his next queen and all the other you know runner-ups gotta you know go back and do runner-up jobs you know whatever that is but we're not runner-ups we're accepted in the beloved of God we have the best place we have the highest place seated right next to him so don't ever doubt your positioning 
in God. Man, don't ever doubt your positioning in God. And so, <clears throat> over in chapter 4, I think it is. Let's see, where are we at now? Right. So, Esther is enjoying her position as queen. She's been groomed to understand her duties. And she's understanding what it means to be submitted in the palace life. And it's a good life. It's a great life. It's, you know, cush and proper. But right in the midst of your blessing and you're enjoying your blessing, the enemy will flare up. You got to make up your mind. Do I sit here and let him do what he does or do I come called into action? So Esther is called to be queen but she's also called as a Jew to make decisions on their behalf because she knows God's put her here she knows that God is a source of her blessing she knows all of this stuff she has been made queen in the place of one who was fired so she knows the natural (laughs) consequences as well so there's always in everything that happens in our lives there's natural considerations and spiritual considerations you got to know which one to put first like for instance somebody comes in your little cubicle or wherever you work at your job and they crying and all upset and they need prayer and what do you do natural considerations is you don't do that stuff in the workplace and all this workplace stuff you know now we got this other god called the workplace and we can't mess with him because he'll fire us and so we have to understand which one comes first and do what comes first in all times and that doesn't mean that you read your bible when you're supposed to be working and all that not religious nonsense you know religion's always going to come in there and try to mess it up for god's people and and they they need to want religion out of there Mm -hmm. and oftentimes that's what they're upset about they're not upset about god's real work in helping people they're upset about the the devil's nuts that he puts there to make it bad for those of us who really have the anointing and can really help people esther's there and she's got it made you know all she's got to do is is look good what a job (laughs) that's all we got to do is witness that's looking good for God we got to look the part if God says my 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 church is is beloved we got to look the part of the beloved of God if my church is prosperous we got to look the part of a prosperous church now, it's not hard to look prosperous you just obey God but he'll make people see you the way he wants them to see you as you really are just don't be offensive to people. Don't don't get in this renegade mode, you know, where you got to mohawk your hair and keep them confused all the time. You know, the blue streak here, and then it's an orange streak, and it's a purple streak, and then you got piercings. Just don't make it hard, folks, for God to help you to look good. We just you know, just be who God called you to be. I guess it's some pierced people that's called to do that, but you know, it's, you don't want to confuse people. You want to you want to be who God's called you to be at all times so Esther had it made and she didn't have to do much of anything until until one day man (laughs) until one day Uncle Morty gets himself in a little hot water around there well he's being true to God 
There are people in your midst who are doing the right thing and get in trouble. They're not always messing up. They're not always disobedient. They're not, it's not always because they're so bad that they get in trouble. But sometimes they get in trouble doing the right thing. And then there's some people who, who you know, are perpetrators. You know, like you and I used to be, hopefully. And so they set Mordecai up. Just tell him he has to bow before this man. And Mordecai is faithful to God. He won't bow to anybody but God. And it gets him in trouble. And Haman then gets an order written. The king signs it not knowing who he's signing it against. But it becomes a law. And so it's trouble here now. It's a little bit too much for Mordecai to handle. And chapter 4 is where that starts. Is when Mordecai perceived all that was done. He put rent his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes. And went out in the middle of the city and cried aloud in bitter cries. So this brother is crying out to God. And that's the tradition of the Hebrews. It was a outward demonstration of your inner torment. The sackcloth and ashes was a a physical affliction where people knew that that God's help was needed. And then he came before the king's gate. Oh man, who is that out there making that noise? Huh? Esther and they're getting their nails done and their hair done and (laughs) nails wet and somebody out there screaming. Huh? Who is that? Oh no, not Uncle Morty. Oh no, not the old ways. He's bringing the old ways up here in the palace. Huh? Somebody at your job is upset. You got to pray in the Holy Ghost to get the answer from God. Are you hoping that a word of knowledge will just drop without that, but you know it won't? That gift was given to you to edify your spirit so you can hear from God and really help somebody. Now you on the spot. You gotta you gotta uh expose the old ways to get in contact with God in front of people. And so Esther's maids and chamberlains came and told her and, and was a queen exceedingly grieved. Hmm. Wonder why. Hmm. She's got to expose herself now, huh? And she sent clothing to him to cover him up. Uncle Morty, what do you need? Something to wear? No, I need God. Are you kidding me? Huh? So she's trying to cover him up so he ain't so heeb in front of everybody. You know what I'm saying? So he's out there screaming and wailing. She's <laughs> something to wear. I don't want that. Oh God, you know what this means, Esther. You done seen this before. Remember home girl when we used to pray and rock and cry and everything and God showed up real big? Well them days are back again. On your nail day. (laughs) Esther called for one of the king's chamberlains whom he had appointed to attend to her. And gave him a commandment to Mordecai to know what it was and why it was. <laughs> he went forth to Mordecai into the street of the city which was before the king's gate. Uh, Mordecai all into it man. There's no quiet in this guy down. 
So he told him of all that had happened to him and of the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay. That he tells him everything. He also gave him a copy of the writing of the decree that was given at Sushan to destroy them to show it to Esther and to declare it to her and to charge her that she should go into the king, make supplication unto him, make requests before him for the people. So if you thought the last testing was hot water, testing number two gets you the bigger the responsibility, the bigger the anointing, the bigger the whatever the more you're going to, have to be stripped of anything that's going to interfere with God's peaceful and, and uh, trouble-free <laughs> use of you in that position. Mm-hmm. That's why sometimes we keep getting stuck in things because we don't believe it takes all this. Yeah, you know, it's the first thing people think. It don't take all this to serve God. It don't take all this. Mm-hmm. Whenever they see faithful people or they see people who are committed. People get scared. You know, hey, I don't take all that. To Stirrings, rumblings, grumblings. And we have that in us sometimes. We don't want to submit to anything more. I mean, God, you look, what, there's nothing more to take. Trust me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he won't take your word for it, will he? He's the one who does the inspection. So Hatach came and told Esther all the words of Mordecai and Esther spoke to him and gave him a commandment to Mordecai. And verse 11, all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come into the king's inner court who is not called. Who is not called. Who is not called. You're called there. Your problem is not that God's going to kill you. Your problem is that the devil will kill you if you don't get in there and submit to God. There's never God is never your problem. Uh, he's never your problem. And so he says there's one law that is to put him to death except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. Hmm? But I have not been called to come into the king these 30 days. Uh, God hasn't had you, him call you because you weren't needed in there girlfriend. huh? Now it's time to get, get back into the old ways Esther. Remember where you came from. Remember what God called you to. Remember what it was like when you first got saved. Remember them days when all you wanted to do was sit and read your Bible and talk to God and get God to do things and see if he would ask you to do this or see when it was your turn to get well now it's your turn. I know it's your nail day but it's also your turn. See we all like to enjoy the luxuries and the benefits and the blessings of God as long as we can. We drag them out forever. But you can't live off of that testimony of that blessing much longer than when you you get blessed. Now it's time to get your focus on the work that he's called you to do. Because you got that gift because you submitted to the purification and your faith work to get that blessing into your hands. Now to stay blessed or get another blessing you got to submit to more. You got to stay on this road so that he can put more into your hands. So he says I mean you know he hasn't called me for 30 days. They told Mordecai Esther's words. Mordecai commanded the answer to Esther and said don't think 
Now listen, girlfriend, I raised you. Who you think you are? <laughs> I knew you when. Huh? We all got to have people like that in our lives. They keep us normal. I'm convinced that people who go astray and lose their footing in God have lost contact with people like this. The who knew you when people. Or Roberts, it was his mother. They say she wasn't even five feet tall. And she would grab him in the collar and jack him up and tell him, either listen, Oral Roberts, don't you ever get the thought that you're somebody. You got me? Don't get you don't you get too big where you can't listen to God and you don't humble yourself. I mean, she kept him jacked up as long as she lived. We need some jacking up people in our lives to keep us focused on who we are without him. And don't get stupid and go get over into disobedience because you think you've gotten so big that you don't need God anymore. You don't need to pray anymore. You don't need to come before his presence anymore. You just need to go from one hotel to the next to the next. It's not what he's called us to. We're not called to a continual life of luxury and just enjoying the good life. We're called to service. We're called to God's will for our lives. I call to that all the time. And he says, don't think that you're going, <laughs> you know, this order is written for you too, Esther, remember? Little Hebrew girl. He says, for if you all together hold your peace at this time, he said, God will raise somebody else up to do this job. See, this brings your mind back into normal, into a place called normal. Yeah, God's blessed me. And yet God's helped me. And yet God's given me all these things. But if I don't do this. This is a mandate on my life. If, if, if the salt loses its saltiness. It's not worth anything but to be trampled. Don't ever lose your saltiness in God. Don't ever lose your desire to help people. To share with people. To give a cup of cold water. Go help a neighbor. To do something for somebody. Don't ever lose your touch. And your your you know your excitement over who you are he says he said deliverance will rise to the jews from another place he said god's not limited to just using you he's got enough confidence in god to know god will pass her by and get somebody else because god's going to do this job with or without us you understand if you submit he'll use you but if you don't it'll arise someplace else we had people who were we thought were too big to Christianity wouldn't be the same if they weren't around anymore or they fell or something happened to them but this gospel keeps going God isn't off the throne he uses somebody else I don't care who fell or who's not preaching anymore who's losing all their congregation he could care less he's moving on to somebody who's willing to obey him and so he says but who knows whether this is your time see we don't know if this is your time how will we know? You've got to step up to the plate. All these people. Oh you're called for such a time as this. Well you better step up to the plate. Huh? Hey, you know. It's such a time as this. That was the buzz phrase about you know 10 years ago. Everybody was called. Such a time as this. To do what? Well you better get to getting and get to doing. Because if this is your time. Time's going by. And you better keep it up so that you can be chosen to do this for God. So Esther told them to go back and give Mordecai this answer. She said go and get the people 
Get them all to fast and pray for me. Don't eat anything or drink anything. Now it clicks in. Oh yeah, nail day is over, honey. Let's get back into our old ways. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> Fasting, praying, putting things down, listening to your word day and night to get rid of this illness you got, all that kind of, you bring that back again, huh? And she said, and I'll go in. She said, I'll I'll take the prayer and I'll take the fasting and take my chances with God. But if I die, I die. But this is my time. Finally got through to her. God has a way to get through to everybody, folks. Care how much they prosper, how much they're blessed. He has a way to get through to everybody that he's called. And he'll get through to them. How am I doing on time, Miss Juana? Oh, okay. You put it in already. Oh no, we can. No, no, we can. We can end here. So you all know the end of the story. Um, Esther didn't perish. I don't care what God's putting you through; it won't kill you, huh? He's purifying you for the next. Because she went on to reign. She went on to get more power. She and her uncle shared power. Everything that they they got the, the power to declare what they needed for the rest of their lives. Saved a whole nation of people that way folks. And I'm telling you we're no different. We're the, these aren't fables. These aren't just stories. These are our truths. These are our God given truths. To let us know who we really are. You know what you have to do to gain favor in the world. You do that. You know what you have to do on the workplace to keep the boss off your back. You do that. But when you get there every day. You remember who you really are. And when that's kind of God calls that power up. And he needs that power in the place where he wants to use it. You better know what side you're on. You better know what you're going to do. And you step up to the plate and do it. Amen. Praise God. Father in heaven we thank you for your word and for understanding. For knowledge. For preparation. That Esther was being promoted beyond queen. And didn't even know it. But Father we thank you that through her obedience we have an example to know what you're expecting of us. That we are called to step up to the plate on behalf of those who cannot do anything for themselves. We thank you. That's our position as your bride. In Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Amen.